Welcome to Modern Career. I'm your host, Mary Humiston. You may be thinking about changing, advancing, or even reinventing your career. We want to help you do that and live your full potential. In each episode, I cover work and career topics, leveraging my 30 plus years of global HR leadership and through interviews with other career experts and professionals from around the world. Subscribe today and visit modern-career.com for blog posts, career stories, career coaching and workshops, and more. Let's jump into our next episode. Welcome to our Chief Human Resource Officer Perspective Series. Today, our guest is Lynn Manella. Lynn is the Executive Vice President and Chief Human Resources Officer for Johnson Controls. She's also served as Group Human Resources Director and member of the Executive Committee for BAE Systems based out of London, and was Senior Vice President of Human Resources and Communications at Air Products and Chemicals. Lynn held a variety of HR leadership roles at IBM and has a Bachelor of Science in Industrial and Labor Relations from Cornell. She is also an advisory board member for the Center for Advanced Human Resource Studies at Cornell. Welcome, Lynn, and thank you for joining and for sharing your perspective. Hey, Mary. It's really great to see you, and thank you for having me today. I'm really looking forward to our conversation. You bet. So am I. I have to note, of course, You've lived and worked inside and outside of the U.S. in many organizations and in different roles. And in many companies, you know, someone could have a global role, but they're based in their home country. I think it's very different to live and work in another culture. Any, any comments on that or any perspectives? Because you've done it a couple of times and, you know, there's pros and cons. You know, you get something from both is what I've learned. So for most of my career, I really had spent the time located in the U.S., but in many cases had global jobs. So I was traveling regularly, had an opportunity to engage with the teams all over the world. So my time at IBM, Air Products, BAE, and even now at Johnson Controls, really had a chance to go and engage with people. And then, you know, you really get to see how you can have impact and help make sure that you're supporting the business wherever it is and wherever the people are. I always found that very beneficial and the opportunity because the breadth, the cultures that you're engaging, the types of experiences you get to have, the different kinds of business potentially, you know, sort of business challenges or opportunities can vary country to country. So the learning you get from that, how that really affects your career and lets you grow is really, really positive. But the piece you said about living outside your home country. So I did that a little later in career. Matter of fact, it was my second CHRO role and I decided to go to London. And went to work for BAE Systems, which is a British defense company. And it truly was a great opportunity. And I look back and I, it's the old thing, if I know how great it was, maybe I would have done it sooner. <laughs> Sometimes you say to yourself. But living outside your own country where you are the one that is making sure that you figure out how you operate and execute and behave and all those kinds of things in a different culture. I think that's another way in which you can grow and develop. And it will help you even in your global roles. But that is a different experience. And even to the point, you'd say, well, you went to London, which, you know, it's English speaking. And it was. But see, that's sometimes where you can also not anticipate some of the difference like you should. Meaning, just because the language sounds similar, or is it, it doesn't necessarily I mean the cultural 
aspects that are the same. So the learning I was able to get through that experience not only helped me in that role, but even as I've come back now to the U.S. and I'm in a global role, I try to be very sensitive to what that was like when you're the per- you know people are coming into visiting you or they else that the cultures are different. And whether we speak the same language or don't, or whether we have the same types of regulatory or operational experiences within the company, that you have that understanding of the cultural differences. And to me, that's a positive. That is, though, those cultural differences allows us to be much stronger as a company, but more important is we're working through things and looking at different ideas. That's what really I've learned, whether you've lived outside or not outside your country. If you can bring that into the discussion in your career, that's incredibly powerful. I agree. And I love your point, too, that, you know, you experience different things at different stages in your life, but the earlier you can continue to expose yourself, whether it's on the ground or as much as possible to different cultures, the better. And I'd probably say when you do have an opportunity, and this is particularly earlier in career, to travel outside your home country, anytime the opportunity to maybe spend a little extra time and say, hey, I really want to understand a little bit more. And actually, I always love to wander around, go out and do walkabouts, as I used to call them, whenever I had an opportunity, just to learn a little bit more and understand, you know, possibly the history of that particular country or some of the social and or cultural mores are there. So Lynn, the landscape of the workplace is changing a lot and will continue to change. Any thoughts on some of the implications? What might you call out from your perspective on some of the changes currently are ahead and and thoughts about how one can best navigate their career given some of the context that we're in? You know, as I look back, because I've been doing this, I won't say for, but for a very long time, and have had experienced a lot of different, let's call them macro events over time, whether it was, you know, economic or, you know, just different things that were going on between different countries of the world. The pandemic has probably been one of the most interesting (laughs) from the standpoint of really saying, okay, even with all those other things that we have experienced, new technologies and all this, this was probably something on my list was one of the bigger I think, challenges. But when you put that together with everything else we've got through and you're thinking about navigating your career, and as I sat back and reflect on it, the thing that makes a difference is your ability to adapt and to set your course at times and be different than you thought, given what's happening in the world or in the technology or how you get work done or where you get work done. Because while we've been through all this, I don't know what's coming next. So the lesson I learned, and I still believe in a managing career day, is be clear on you know at least the areas you want to work in. Be clear on what you hope to things that you're interested in. Pursue those, but you've got to continuously be learning because even in your chosen field, that could change five times over. I think about HR when I started back in the early '80s to now, and the types of things I spent time on, how we got work done, where we were sort of thought about with the business and what we needed to get done, that's changed dramatically. So the one thing I've always tried to do is, are you always learning? Do you stay attentive to what's going out in the market? Do you stay attentive to what's going on even technology-wise? And understanding just because you've done things this way in the past, they may not be done that way in the future. And so that adaptability, and I know it sometimes sounds like an overused word, but that is absolutely key. And the other is, even if you're navigating your career, the only other thing I've learned, it could change. And that's okay, too. You know, you can start out in a particular career field or career area, 
But one thing I have learned is as you start to see whether, as I said, it's market opportunities, it's technology changes, that your career can either evolve, which is one, that's kind of maybe staying in a similar path, but evolving. The other is you might make a completely different career decision at some point. I want to go a different way. But at the same time, think about what that means. If I'm going to make a career change, what do I want to get out of that? What do I expect to see if I go and pursue a different path? How will the things that I've done already in my career help me potentially navigate and or develop that new career path? Last thing I'll leave is be thoughtful about that. You know, it's sometimes we can get, and I know myself, something will come along and get excited. I want to go try that. And I love that excitement. But then you step back and say, okay, how does this fit in? Is it serving or letting me involve in my current career? Or is this something, wow, this looks really excites me. I want to do it. Let me do a little more investigation. Let me little understand a little more. Let me understand how I will you know, sort of maybe take a different turn, but use what I've learned in that career field. So I think that's probably the biggest change. It's just faster. And that's the other thing I would say is this change has always been there, but those changes come faster. And just about sometimes the time you're adapting to that, maybe something else is coming along. So that constantly, I'm a big one, always know what's going on in the outside world. Stay tuned, stay involved, understand, engage. The only other advice, be extremely curious. Curious inside, curious outside, curious about your own career field, curious about other career fields. I love that. There's so many points there. It just reminded me too, early in my career, there was something I couldn't do right away, a goal. And you know, you had to adapt. And I remember a senior leader saying just what you said, you know, sort of learn during this time, make the best of it. And I, to this day, look back on that six months in what I created to do during that time as one of my most fun times in my entire career journey. Because, you know, Mary, you also say, I think myself, sometimes the roles I wanted least at the time ended up being some of the greatest development experiences I had. And by when I say least, either it was earlier than I wanted to go make a move, or it was different than I thought what would be my next move, because that's probably the other learning. Sometimes you get yourself set, well, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this, and I'm in a certain path, and that path may not be available. So you go, might be offered another opportunity. And I still say there was a role I took in IBM. At the time, I didn't really want to do it because I was enjoying what I was doing, wasn't quite ready to move yet. And it wasn't the job was bad, but just I'm not ready to move yet. But I went and again, it ended up being truly one of those career moments that you have with just what I learned, what I experienced, because I went from a generalist job, if you want to call it that, to a specialist job. And I'm like, well, I don't know if I want to be a specialist again, but I learned so much. I grew so much in that job. I call it a little bit more of a backroom job where I was really trying to make things happen, particularly through other people. And you just don't know that certain things, experiences you have that end up not the one you thought it would be, but ends up being that, that big change point. And serve you for yes. the rest of your career. <laughs> yeah. So you've already started sharing on this, but what do you think contributes to someone navigating a career successfully? Because you've seen a lot of people do that and navigate well. And what potentially gets in the way? And you mentioned curiosity as a a great thing to help you navigate well. But what do you think? What's on the good side and what might get in the way? So I think on the good side, some of the things we said, that flexibility, being open to new opportunities and listen to them. Don't don't get so rigid in what you want to do that you don't hear and see things that might come along. And being open to location, I'll be honest with you, another one, it sounds funny, but more flexible you can be in where you go, whether it's in your own country or travel outside. Those are things that can really be beneficial in a career. 
that continuously, I'm always one, develop yourself to where you think you want to go. But don't be so rigid that if that doesn't come along, don't get so set, so rigid in what I have to do and when. Because the timing may not always line up. Where you want to be in a moment and what's really out there and available for you may not line up. And you don't, you don't want to let that potentially take you off of still pursuing a great career, but albeit maybe in a different way. And it's a long journey. It is a long journey. And <laughs> if you, you know, yeah. a, I'm always one. I've always had mentors. I've always had people I've gone to and sort of helped me think through things, particularly when something comes up that maybe I'm not thinking it's what I should be doing right now in my career. But having somebody that you can bounce that idea, preferably it can be a peer, but it can be somebody that's a couple of steps ahead in your career and say, hey, help me think this through. And by the way, I said peer mentors. That is one of the things I always say do is peer mentors, because they can sometimes be some of your best advisors and people to kind of talk things through, particularly as you're looking and thinking about your career. So on the not do side, one I said is try not to be so prescriptive that you possibly miss out on those experiences that can end up being some of the best parts of developing your career. The other is not being willing to kind of stretch yourself a little bit beyond maybe the boundaries of your role. And there's sometimes, you know, that's not really what I want to do, but okay, And it may even be outside your particular role, but if someone gives you an opportunity maybe to stretch beyond that, you know, I always say the worst thing can happen, you find out you didn't like it. (laughs) So to say, if that's the worst thing that happens in your career, you found out something you didn't want to do, that's great. That's a way to learn. That's going to only make you stronger in your career. Always be open to that change, be open to doing things differently, and then you will probably be able to navigate a very successful career. That's one that we all have to be really self-aware on because sometimes I think we think we're so adaptable. (laughs) And the way you find out is when you're not. (laughs) And it's not easy. I'm not, don't take that lightly. I think that particularly when you're pursuing a particular path, and I know myself going through that, you know, kind of this is where I want to go. And either a change in the company or a change in situation or something else prevents you from maybe doing what you think was on that path. I mean, I was married, I had children, and so I was adapting to dual careers So sometimes things that you thought, hey, it's time. Well, I had to make sure I managed aspects that maybe I couldn't do right then because managing particularly the dual career side. Some of that's changing now. I do agree. We didn't have things like remote work and all that kind of thing. But it's just that adaptability to that. That's what I was trying to say. It really does make a difference. Withholding to your very important point that things can also be better than the way you thought they were framed in your head. Uh, Yes. And not that you're just you know, satisfying or optimizing, they can be better. And then I think that because you don't know. And I said, that was one thing I have always tried to do is at least, hey, give it a shot. And that's why I said, what's the worst thing that can happen? You find out it's not something. But I will tell you nine times out of 10, I think you find the other. That, wow, this was a great experience. I'm glad I did it. It's been my experience. Yeah. So you've had a lot of mentors. I love this idea of peer mentors. I probably haven't had enough peer mentors. And I know you also mentor many others. Did you seek them out or did you just find people kind of offered it as you were coming up through your career? You know, I've probably experienced all of the above. So I did have one mentor and I don't know that we ever used initially the word, but I worked for him at one point. And he was a couple sort of, if you want to say, from a career rung standpoint, a couple ahead of me. And I just found his advice and he would listen and, you know, he became, so when I wasn't working for him anymore, I would still go to him. And so we developed a mentorship and it ended up being one. He was my mentor for probably 15 years at my career at IBM. He was that person I could always go to. This has come up or I'm thinking about it. A lot of times it was a project or something I was working on. 
And I'd say, look, I'm going to be talking to, you know, the CHRO or to some other group. Can you help me think through, you know, how I might want to frame something? So he really was. And having that sort of consistent mentor was actually very, very important in my career. And even when I made the decision to leave IBM, I still went and talked to him about it. This is what I'm thinking and why. And he wasn't one to tell me what to do. He would ask me a lot of really good questions. And he'd make me tell me when I would, he didn't think maybe I was reflecting enough on my decisions. So that's one. And again, that was just born out of a relationship that started as a, he was my boss and then turned into a mentoring relationship that lasted many years. The peers is a good one. That was actually a group of us that were kind of around sort of all in similar sort of HR jobs at the time when we were at IBM. And we kind of, we were all friends with each other too. But it developed into, and again, I don't know if I ever called it at the moment, but something was going on. Hey, I have this meeting and this is what happened. What do you think? Because the one thing I always say about peer mentors, they're probably the most direct and honest (laughs) mentors you will have. To the point of telling me, you know, in that meeting today, you really blew it or something like that because because it was done out of truly wanting you to be successful, truly wanting to just be there to support you. And they're living it too in many cases. So I found that strong. But the other is, you know, you may have a mentor that is once. It may be a mentor for a period of time. It may be a mentor for a specific area. And I'm just one, you know, there are so many great people out there that can provide you insights and advice and their learnings. Tap into it, even if it is just once. Group mentoring, done that a few times more where I've actually participated where we've had group mentoring. So there's a group sitting there and we're having a a topical kind of discussion. So Lynn, in your current role and former roles, people come, you know, to HR all the time. What's a career topic that you've seen employees seek out? Is there one that stands out? Probably the most common is really they're thinking about that next you know, either a new role that's in front of them or they're thinking about the next role. Or they're just coming for general, here's what I'm thinking about, how do I sort of make those next steps? So that's probably the most common. People think, how do I get there, I guess, from this standpoint? So the common advice I give, to be honest with you, and I've been doing this for many years, is I always try to tell people, sort of start where you think you want to go ultimately. I mean, I'll be, people know this, they've talked to me, I'll have a conversation, they'll say, well, what do you want to, you know, what do you want to achieve? Well, I want to do well. It's like, no, no, what do you want? Do you want to be CEO? Do you want to be CFO? You know, and I'm telling you, it's okay, by the way, I'm one people, you can state what you think you want to be someday. It may or may not happen. You may change your mind, all those things. But just having some idea of at least where you think you want to go or what you want to achieve in your career, I think is a positive. From there, then I usually start talking to them, okay, let's start saying, where you are in your career now, what do you need to do in the next five years? What do you think is most important for you to learn? What skills do you really need to develop? What do you think you really need to demonstrate and be able to show that I am and have the capability to grow and develop in my career? Because when you do that, then that lets you think more about the types of either roles you want to take. It might be more about, can I participate in particular types of teams or activities? But I'm always one, try to focus it down, not to a role, but what's the skill or the capability, or the learning I'm trying to develop, or a competency. And the reason I say that, because then multiple roles might fulfill that. And so in the next five years, I want to get these six, seven things done. Okay, then as things come your way, you have an opportunity, or as you seek things, you have an opportunity to balance the two. And the other thing, only advice I give after that, too, is at any point in time, that could change. And that's okay, too. Either your aspirations can change. That's perfectly okay. You know, maybe even the way you were sort of pointing your career, as I said before, may change. But that's why long-term, then some sort of five-year 
is one I probably spend a good bit of time with people having that discussion. But we spend time actually, what do you want to do in those five years? You know, what do you need to achieve in those five years? Having that vision and that view, but also backward planning it. I think that's really, really key. So you don't, you know, just think you just move forward towards it and then whoops, I'm missing this or I'm, I didn't have that. And I really like that. Lynn, is there, you know, just from your experience, something that most people, maybe they don't, they don't know about it, there's a bit of insider knowledge, or it's something they don't think about, but would be really powerful to think about or do? Probably the one I'm most talk to people about too is when I've talked about where you want to go in your career and be clear about it, you got to tell people. I'm a big one that if you have career goals, you want to achieve things, you got to go and engage, whether it's with your manager or another manager, but be clear that, yeah, I do have these career aspirations or desires. This is what I would like to do. You know, how can we make that happen? There's a tendency, I should say tendency, what you don't want to do is leave it into somebody else's hands. And so the Which more it often you can be, can, yeah. yes, be more clear about what you want and why you want to get there. And you understand what you got to do to get there. So this is not just saying, hey, I'd like to get this. So if you have a career goal you have, let's just take one near on, go talk to your manager or whoever's the right person and be clear about it. And, and by the way, it's usually very positive. Hey, I'd like to grow. Let's talk about what it would take. How can I get there? You know, let's talk about, is there some projects or something I can participate in that will help me? develop some of the skill sets so I can achieve that next level. And the other only one I do is, you know, if there's a job out there and a role or something you hear about and you look at it, and I used to say this, maybe there's seven or eight sort of requirements of the job. Maybe you don't have all seven or eight. Maybe you only have four or five, but you think you have the key ones. I'm always one, go for it. Goes back to me and say, what's the worst thing they can tell you? No, <laughs> you know, but I'll share a story. There was a person I was working with at one of my companies I gave that little talk at a luncheon we were having. And I still say one of the greatest notes I had was she sent me a note a little later saying she heard what I said about try. What's the worst thing that can happen? And she said no. So she did go and apply for a job, didn't quite have all the experiences. But what came out of it was a great discussion with the manager. And a short time later, another role came up, not this dissimilar, but it would be one that would help get her the skill set. And she said, had I done that, I never would have even had that chance to have first the conversation, but more importantly, she sent me the note to tell me she was packing her bags and moving to this new job. So I always thought that was a great way to say, you know, you just never know. So I'm always one to ask. But don't be upset if they say no either. Right. And there's two big points there to the the telling everyone. And sometimes people hold themselves back. I don't know, is it confidence? Is it because you think you might be held to that even if you change your mind? You know, there could be something going on there. But also stretch. Why would you go for a job if you were 115% you're ready for it? You go for jobs when there's still a bit of stretch too. And and I love that point because I think some do and some hold themselves back on that. And that's why that was became my mantra. What's the worst thing they can tell you? At the moment, man, I feel great. But I will tell you, it's, it's you won't believe how many times out of that comes something else too. Absolutely. Either that conversation or learning you got. So I'm one to your point, stretch ask, it's okay. Lynn, you've had the opportunity to work with so many different leaders in all different geographies as well. What's an essential characteristic or a practice of a great leader? Something that helps them have impact and, and also be successful? I think probably, and I don't think I'm saying anything that would probably be surprising to others, is one, it is important to set the direction and the vision of where you're trying to go. 
but in a war of where I can see myself getting there. I'm a big one that the guests set a bigger vision, but then help people see how they participate, how they join you on that journey and how they see how they fit in to where you're trying to go. Because I think it's important to understanding of a broad population of people and having each group kind of, or each person, not maybe can't down to the person level, but the different skill sets and groups we have in the company, how are we going to help contribute to that end goal of the company? So that's one very positive I've seen. One is humility. I mean, the, and I do say this is something you see in the leaders. And by that, I mean, they'll even tell you, look, I don't have all the answers. I don't know everything. But what I do know is I have great people that work with me and work for me and that that's how I'm going to be successful. So that sort of humility about and being willing to ask questions, those kinds of things, those are really important. And probably the strongest of all is listening, you know, because when people come to you, you know, let's face it, depending on where you are as a leader, you know, sometimes people don't know necessarily how to ask things exactly the right way or that listening skill becomes incredibly important. And then probably the other one is confidence. And by that, I mean confidence that you're doing the right thing. You believe in what you're doing and you really are because you're either open to those questions, answers, you're listening, you have that clear vision that you believe with your people that you can accomplish that. And I think that confidence then breeds confidence in others. I think so too. And these four sound like things you can grow in. They're not unattainable. If you found you weren't listening well, you can learn to listen well, right? I think all of them are all things that you do learn as you're growing. And maybe if you think about them as you're growing through your career, and again, at different points and different levels in your career, how you utilize them may vary, but they are very much all things you can develop practice. I'm a big believer in practice. <laughs> you know, if there's things that you're trying to do, like if you're saying, oh, you need to work more on your strategic vision, for example, okay, even early in my career, I can try some of those things. I can take some, you know, chance to say, hey, let me see if I can try to frame a good view of where we're trying to go and how do I engage my my team to see how we get there. Yes, they're all things that are very much learned and developed. So the bit about a vision that I want to add to is your point about it also being inspiring so people can see where they fit in it. I've worked in a lot of places where I think some leaders thought, you know, financial numbers were so visionary and inspiring and that people can just get really rallied around achieving a certain earnings per share. But that no. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's interesting. And that's an outcome of a really inspiring vision. Well, you see it now. I mean, even, you know, the company I'm in now, you know, there's inspiration around particularly the purpose and what is your company all about? And us with, we're doing a lot of work and I feel so strongly about it around green and sustainability and what we can do as buildings to make it a better place to live and these types. So when you think about it in the bigger picture too, when you're thinking of that vision, Yes, your company is doing a piece and the financials there, but what do you contribute? What are you going to, how are you making a difference in the world? And I think if you can start your vision there, then you can bring it down to all the piece parts that take to get there. That's right. But what's the end game? What are you trying to be as a company? So I think that's really important. Mm -hmm. And why? What's an important reflection or a question that you've asked yourself on your career journey? A lot of times, are you having fun? Oh, I love that. Do you love what you're doing? And then the big ones, do I feel I'm making a difference? Is, whether in the company or on the purpose, whatever, am I making a difference? So we talked about this really great experience that you've had multiple times on getting global experience. Is there something else that you've learned or you've personally taken advantage of that you think's really helped you throughout your experience in your career to date? 
probably more learnings and it took me a while to maybe think is you can get into your career field sometimes and get be very strong there. But I'm a big one. If you're part of an overall business, I always encourage people to reach out and stretch beyond what there is. So I may be in HR, but do you understand business fundamentals? Do you understand financial fundamentals? Do you engage in those conversations with leaders and not just on the HR topics? You know, with innovation, how active are you in with leaders when you're thinking about innovation, where the company's coming? So it's more around make sure that when you get into, or well, I shouldn't say make sure, but like what I try to do is when I'm doing that is make sure I'm stretching beyond so that then I know what the stuff I'm doing, even though it's in my, my career area or my focus area, that I'm doing it with the perspective of those other groups. So the piece there might be do invest in the time and learnings around. And these days, I mean, it's so much easier than it used to be. I mean, we were talking about blockchain and edge technology one day. Well, I could go sit down over a weekend and I pulled up some YouTubes on, you know, cryptocurrency and blockchain and edge technology. But the point of it was, you know, here's something. So I'm engaging with some business leaders. I can go quickly learn. I'm not have to be an expert in it, but at least when we're engaging in the dialogue. So that's the probably the biggest thing I would say that took maybe that I learned over time to spend that time. It's worthwhile to maybe stretch out and go and do things outside of your specific response area of responsibility. Absolutely. Love that. How about a piece of career advice, maybe something that's stuck with you throughout your career or your own advice, something that you'd like to share with us? Probably the most important is be yourself, but be the best of yourself and know that you can always continuously, I guess, just we always talk about continuous improvement, but continuous improvement can also be yourself. And think of yourself in a, as an ever-forming person out there. And that's why I think on those things I talked to you about, curiosity, learning beyond, that's all about because you are developing who and what you're going to be. And there's no right way or wrong way per se. And you have to find out what makes you you. And you see the word authentic. And I used to hear that all the time and thought it was just one of those words. But it really is true. How you lead, how you interact, how you manage your career, it's got to be who you are or it won't work. And so that would be the one piece. And sometimes that, again, it's, that's an ever-evolving, ever-developing aspect of yourself. So the authentic you does change. But there is some things that don't change, I think, your basic values. So you've got to be true to your values, be true to who you are, because that's part of the authenticity. But more importantly, it's that continuously saying, what more am I learning? What more am I doing? And how does it fit with who and how I interact, how I lead how I collaborate, all those types of things that that happen in a business career. Lynn, thank you so much. It's brilliant to see you and connect with you and learn from you. So thank you so much for all that you shared with us today. Thank you, Mary. I really enjoyed it. And wishing to everybody that listens, you know, if you walk away with a little piece of advice that helps, it's a good day. So thank you. For more resources on this topic, visit us on modern-career.com and on social media at modern underscore career. We'll include all the sources noted in this episode in our show notes. Look forward to talking again very soon. Mm -hmm.